0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Cattlecast. Today we will be speaking to the team of vets from Vetsalus and vets Sustain, explaining a bit about both the groups and how they come together to form a new course on sustainability. Also we will be discussing the wider topic of sustainability in all its forms and how we as vets are well placed to engage with this and with our farmers. So then over to you if you could introduce yourselves.
1: Hi, I'm David Black. I'm a vet in practice in Cumbria, a multi species, multi centre practice. That's my day job. I'm also uh, very involved with uh, Vet Stain and Vet Salis. I can explain a little bit more about what they are later on. My main professional interests really were around um, dairy cattle and um, particularly fertility later on in, in my career.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, Tom, a bit about you.
2: Yep, yeah, so I, um, my name's Tom. I graduated from uh, RVC five and a half years ago. Uh, I did a uh, production animal internship at Synergy in the Southwest, and I've worked for them ever since. Interesting in all bets of uh, livestock production, I think, but particularly uh, in the last couple of years, a bit more focused on beef and sheep work. And I think particularly more recently than that again the grazing practices and parasite control and that sort of thing the impact that has on the very farm specific environments
0: yeah that's really interesting and i think as a a practitioner again in the southwest it's quite easy to be quite dairy focused but i think we often forget that there's a lot of beef cows out there and they do need our attention as well so great to hear from you um and then megan Hi, uh, I'm Megan. I graduated Liverpool with a degree
3: in bio veterinary science in 2007. Went away kind of from veterinary really, was a project manager in retail display installations for a number of years and then Joined the Vet Sustain and Vet Salas team back in April of this year, working primarily on our food and farming course, as well as the Vet Sustain Carbon Calculator. So I kind of work with David and our Vet Sustain and Vet Salas colleagues to kind of bring everything together, really.
0: And, uh, I don't envy you that task of trying to bring vets all together and, and get all those <laughs> jobs done. So uh, very much. Uh, it, it can be tricky. And very appreciated. <laughs> and nice to have um, a different angle on things as well. So then, David, you did hint at, I guess, that how Vet Sustain and Vet Salas work together, but are slightly different organisations. I wondered if you could just explain to the listeners a bit more on that.
1: Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, uh, Paragon's uh, the the practice up in Cumbria, and we were aware that one of the issues we feel is the, the vets as a profession don't really often have a platform to discuss animal health and welfare at a strategic level. We're often at the end of the food chain fixing broken things rather than actually being part of the discussion. So uh, a bunch of us uh, a few years ago uh, from New Zealand uh, and UK initially, but also with interest from, from Ireland and Europe and, and South America, South Africa, uh, set up an organization called Vet Vetsalus, which is really around um, providing a platform, a collaborative platform for livestock production vets to discuss and be able to be at the table with some of the big global food producers. So that was Vetsalus, which was established some time ago, Bet sustain is more recent. It's a not-for-profit a social enterprise um, organization. I'm very proud to have supported Laura Hyam, who is the founder of that, and I'm one of the founder directors and currently treasurer of Bet Sustain. And that is a relatively simple mission to empower, enable, and inspire veterinary professionals in all things sustainability-wise. So the, there's several working groups within um, sustain. The one that I'm most involved with is the food and farming working group, and that's where VetSalus and Vet Sustain have been working very closely together. VetSalus providing ports, logistics, resource really into the food and farming working group to develop some of the tools and the the outputs from that group, uh, which again is about supporting farm vets, particularly in that field, to understand more and be able to be more informed about sustainability.
0: I guess that covers the wide range on sustainability. I think we often focus on the environmental sort of angle but does it cover many of the other sort of the social and economic angles as well?
1: Absolutely Kat and that was probably one of the bigger learning curves for me when I first went in so as you touched on there we often think about it from the environmental climate point of view. But actually, sustainability is multifaceted and, and it's all around. It could be down to economic and social fabric. And, and of course, that varies in different parts of the world. And so that if we might be looking at sustainability in cows. But of course, in sub-Saharan Africa, for example, cows are a form of currency and a form of uh, providing some local support so that people can send their kids to school and, and get some better nutrition. So the whole thing is completely interrelated. And Tom will maybe touch on that later on when he talked about the course itself, which has tried to cover off some of those angles.
0: It's really important. I think we remember that global aspect. I think we often get tunnel visioned into thinking about, you know, some of the vegan activists and get worried about some of that mist misbuffling kind of angle. But actually, we've got to remember on a global scale what sustainability means as well. OK, so we've hinted a, a little bit at the course, but what other things does Vet Sustain have to offer We have quite a few case studies on
3: our website
0: from various practices across
3: the UK and things that they're implementing in their workplaces to try and make their organisations more sustainable. At BCVA Congress in October, we launched the uh, collaborative document that we have produced with Pasture for Life which is to support farm vets on with their pasture for life clients often the interplay of the relationships there between vets and pasture for life farmers can be a bit more tricky than our other clients so we kind of launched that in October and in November at LVS we've recently opened up a veterinary carbon calculator on our website which is for all veterinary practices it doesn't have to just solely be farm vets to calculate their own operational carbon footprint, and there's lots of tools and resources that goes with that calculator to kind of help veterinary practices reduce and look at areas that kind of look at their carbon hotspots really and that will vary from kind of practice to practice particularly in farm a lot of our carbon footprint is travel and that ambulatory area of farm practice uh, whereas small animal it could be a lot of anesthetics and those kind of emissions really so take a look at the vet sustain website there's loads of useful resources on there and and of course the vet salus one as well where we kind of have various articles that we have written on there
0: is that something that as practising vets are all busy, you can sort of dip in and out of the website and it's quite, you know, lighthearted and easy to find and, you know, that kind of thing. Because I've been on it. I was really pleasantly surprised at yeah how easy it was to find everything. The case studies, I think, were really applicable to just day to day life, which is really nice.
2: That's exactly how we have found it as well in you know, first opinion practice. We've got WhatsApp groups for sustainability and, and every now and then someone will just share a link to a particular Vet Sustain page or a, a concept. Very easy just to share simple ideas that, that make a big difference. It's easy to grab that information off both Vet VetSailers and um, VetSustain.
0: Um, so Tom there, you said you've got some farmer groups with sustainability and other things. How do you think it's the sustainability has helped you engage with those relationships or were you scared off bringing up the conversation to start with?
2: I think one of the biggest things for me was being equipped with it with so much more information, which the, the course has done very well. I think turning, one of the biggest things that I was aware of as I went through the course was probably that journey from sustainability just being a buzzword, something that I'm interested in, in principle, but not know much more about it. Going through the course, all of a sudden, so many case studies and practical applications, it turned very quickly into a concept and a practice. And I think that really helped me talking to clients and talking to other vets as well within the practice, and having the confidence to know a bit more about what you're talking about, to know some of the practical obstacles to what we consider sustainable practices Having the confidence and the information at my fingertips, I think, opened up a lot of conversations that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And I suppose another big thing really was both the Vet service course and Vet Sustain, really showing that you're part of a community of, of like-minded vets uh, and support staff. And that, again, gives you, I think, the confidence to go out and talk to other vets because, you know, there's so many others out there. And actually, I think as a profession, we are all very interested in sustainability, but it's nice having those others out there that have put in all that hard work and have got that information for you.
1: I think Tom hits a a really key point there. And similarly, on the Vetsalus website, we have some case studies which are not rocket science. Basically, what we're trying to do is reframe what farm vets do day in, day out, and we've been doing for generations, which is looking to improve animal health, welfare, productivity. All these things actually improve the efficiency of the farms and therefore improve the sustainability of those farms breeding, genetics, all these things that we do day in, day out, but we don't frame it in the terms of sustainability. And I think Tom's absolutely right. It's certainly given me the confidence to now have that discussion from a different viewpoint rather than saying, well, look, if you eradicate BVD, you're going to save X pounds per animal per year. We can now say, well, you know what? This is going to change your carbon footprint as well, and it's going to free up some land for sparing for biodiversity and having the conference to reframe those discussions. I think some people have been put off a little bit by the idea of sustainability thinking it's a fresh start. And it really annoys me when you see things that says our oh, vets have to start on this journey or farmers have to start on this journey. We've been doing it for generations. We just haven't called it sustainability.
0: Yeah, and no, I think, as you've put it, the reframing it, I think it's an, another way to engage with a different group of farmers, because I think some we've sort of hit over the head with the whole financial gains. You could be losing this. You could gain this if we get rid of that disease or we take improve this area of your farm, whereas I think... You know, farmers are motivated in a number of different ways. Yep. And sometimes it is the health and welfare, sometimes bringing in the carbon aspect or, you know, more of the sustainability aspect motivates those in different ways. We touched on the course there. What is it? Like, what does it entail?
1: So the course came about exactly from that gap in the knowledge. And it's a 10-module online self-directed uh, course. But as Tom said, a really important part of it is to try and build a community of like-minded professionals at the same time. So we are doing it in cohorts. We open up the doors. We have uh, have a number of delegates sign up and then we close the doors again so that that group go through. They don't necessarily have to go at the same speed, but they're they're involved in discussion groups, WhatsApp groups. And basically what we do on the course is we set the scene. The first couple of modules, I would say, are fairly heavy. Not heavy, that's the wrong word, but they're quite uh, detailed. It's, and I've sort of tried to say to people, it's a bit like doing your first cesarean. You've got to understand the anatomy before you get the first sharp scalpel out so really those first two modules are about setting the scene what sustainability and, and a lot of those different aspects of sustainability and then we go through into things like farming systems of the world trying to understand different farming systems and then move more into some of the things that we can do to improve efficiencies it becomes we sort of flop in the middle of the course from the background and, and fact into some to how we can make a difference how we can change things There's a module on affecting change, which is a really fascinating module written by Lisa. And then we go through then into uh, efficient uh, veterinary practice as well. So the last course is actually about sustainable veterinary business. So it's, uh, as I say, a 10-module course. It's Lantra approved. There are some quizzes as we go through, which is part of the assessment process. And then there's a small project to do as part of that assessment I was involved with running it or getting it up and running. Uh, it's been written by by authors, but then one of the key bits, and I think what an exciting part is we've got a module champion on either uh, module who's then been responsible for that module along with the author to sort of make sure that the sort of tone is right and that, that we're getting the key aspects across so that we're using the, the effective language for practitioners and, and what have you. And then when the actual um, cohorts themselves run, we have a couple of facilitators on each cohort. So myself and Laura were the facilitators on the first one. And the next one coming up will be Lisa. I can let Lisa talk a little bit more about facilitating that uh, that second cohort.
4: I work for Innovation for Agriculture. I'm head of livestock at the charity. We're um, an independent knowledge exchange charity. And it was whilst working with them that I got involved in Vet Sustain. So I saw that um, vet sustain had started a few years back and I was really impressed with the sort of goals of trying to empower the vet profession to drive change um, with clients, with colleagues, and just try and make the vet profession more green, really. I got in touch with Laura Hyam and knew she was working on antimicrobial resistance in her job, kept the communications going there and got invited to be on the Food and Farming Working Group. So I'm representing VetSustain Food and Farming Working Group as part of the Veterinary Approach to Sustainability course and also contributed to the driving change module, module nine as part of that course. So yeah, really excited to see a second cohort has started along with Alistair Moffitt. I'm gonna be facilitating the students on that course, helping them with any questions, directing them to where extra resources are and just making sure that they get the most out of it as a cohort. But yeah, as a, as a veterinary practitioner and as a veterinary researcher, I suppose, I've, I'm really interested in making sure that the vet profession is as sustainable as possible. And my research background was all about inspiring and supporting change for a bottom-up participatory approach and particularly on the area of antimicrobial stewardship. I worked with 30 dairy farmers and my PhD at the University of Bristol, which was all about understanding how that kind of farmer-led approach, that bottom-up approach can really help drive change. Um, And it's from my learnings doing that and my experience back in practice that I um, contributed to the um, module really. It's all well and good knowing what people should do, knowing where you want to be, but it's how do you get there? And facilitation skills, participatory approaches, multi-stakeholder approaches are a really good way of helping inspire and enabling people to, to get to that place and helping them along their journey. Something else that we really learnt a lot about was peer-to-peer learning as a way of inspiring change. So that's, yeah. you know, farmers learning off of other farmers, vets learning off other vets. And there's a really good example of that happening in Wales around antimicrobial stewardship with the RYNDGC project. But it really helps when you know, someone else is going through the same thing as you, understand your situation and can help give you practical tips about improving the way you look after your cattle or sheep, looking after your soil and you know, managing your business. Um, so module 9 is really about tips for vets, about how they can harness that kind of approach, facilitate that kind of approach some of the behaviour change theory behind it, and use that in their own working environments and own practices.
0: Tom, I guess you were on the first group that went through. I wondered if you could talk us through how you felt it went and what you took from
2: it. I think we mentioned several of the key bits already. One was the forums, that there's a lot of forums scattered throughout the course, and it's a fantastic way of either sharing practical ideas, but sometimes just sitting there reading other people's views is very enlightening, I think, and very encouraging. As far as the content goes, it was fantastic. I think so much of, as David has already said, so much of what we do, when you look at it in a a wider context, it becomes even more important, not less important. When you see the bigger picture, you realise how big a part we do actually play. And so I think some of the modules, like the farming systems, which I think David wrote that one, and the sustainability frameworks. So again, looking at sustainability as it applies to animal or human ethics and how it applies to economics as well as the environment all of those frameworks i think really set the tone for some of the practical applications later on so i think the order of the modules is really important as well and that worked very well and then later on in the course those practical modules there's so much detail for both the vets and i think what a, a lot of it covers what f- some farmers are doing already so it equips you with that information to actually talk to them with a bit more knowledge. And then on top of that, obviously, there's a lot of new information, a lot of new principles, a lot of new terms, which we sort of hear vaguely and aren't so familiar with. I think the idea is to take on farm things like the parasite management, all of those sorts of things, which I've now been involved with quite a bit more uh, since the doing the course. So I think it also opens a lot of doors. There's a lot of new areas you can become interested in.
0: And so approximately how long did it take you to, to cover those modules? Because I guess it's not just how quickly can we pack it in, it is about making those sustainable long-term changes and it seems like it's more of that mindset change, which which you can't do overnight, it takes time. So how long did it take you to go
2: through them? I went through the modules relatively quickly, being part of the first cohort to, to get that feedback um, out there. But I think it took three months, something like that, And obviously, being self-taught or self-governed, you have time to go off and explore those concepts as you come across them. So it might take you an awful lot longer than that if you go off and get involved with the land sharing, land sparing debate or whatever it might be, a a concept you want to explore more and then you come back to the course later on. So easily a few months.
0: It's, It's often a different approach to CPD, but I think it's one that we often don't consider as a positive. But to do that mind change is massively different.
1: It was designed to be around about six months for a busy farm bed, but of course that along a bit of string. But I think the other key point that is that Tom touched on is that you could go through it fairly superficially. You get all the key points, you get all the the learning objectives, but actually there's deep dives in there, there's referencing in there. And if you do come across something that's really interesting, I know I ended up going way up rabbit warrens because I was really fascinated by a a particular aspect of it and the deep dives are in there. Everything's completely referenced and it's all evidence-based as well. So you you could do it quite quickly and get the the basic points or you could spend a lot of time deep diving in. And what we found so far is that some people are fascinated by particular aspects of it. And then as Tom says, you, you go off and look at a particular aspect and maybe do a bit of reading around that as well. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. Tom, I wonder then you've hinted at some of the things that you've changed or done differently off the back of it. I wondered if you could go into some of those, if that's okay.
2: Yeah, one of the main things is what David has already said, that doing our day job, the same conversations we have, but looking at it from a very different perspective. So things like talking about infectious disease or carving your heifers down a bit earlier, changing the diets, all those sorts of things that are very practical economic benefits for the farm. But I think there's an increasing awareness in the farming community as well that, that carbon footprinting is, is coming if it's not there already for a lot of farms. And there's a lot of willingness to talk about the sustainability implications for all those things another thing that I think I've probably changed a lot is particularly parasite management for some reason it's I've become really interested in it I've become very aware of maybe how much we rely on it or or overuse it particularly and that's opened up a few avenues for, for either projects within the practice or particularly discussions on farm with an individual farmer you sit down and do the health plan in the past I'd always focus on antibiotics and um, you know supportive versus reactive treatments that sort of thing and all of a sudden I've started looking at wormers in a lot more detail than I did before it has a massive impact on the environment grass yield all of that sort of thing for various reasons so it's also made me I think change the emphasis I've put on some aspects of health planning and so that's been really rewarding to see that practical change and then beginning to talk to farmers as well about Crop and livestock rotations on different fields and different pasture grazing techniques—all of those things—and and all of a sudden, you realise that farmers have heard of a lot of these things. They've perhaps not had someone to talk to from a slightly different sector of the industry. So, being able to talk to them about some of the case studies on the course, and while well, this farm were doing this mob grazing technique, and they found you know these practical obstacles, there's some real detail in there that is really useful. For talking to farmers even if they've got a project they may be thinking about getting going and they just haven't got that final nudge to to say well let, actually let's sit down and do it
0: no i think uh, as vets we put a lot of hurdles up for ourselves thinking oh the farmer wouldn't like to do this or if i start talking about parasite stuff and it gets into a grazing plan i'm not quite sure how i would do that and and i think they're ones that we put up ourselves that aren't actually there often David, I wondered if you had any views on, I guess that's part of how we empower the people with the extra knowledge.
1: Yes, I, I think that's right. And uh, Tom's right on the parasite side of it. But also as a profession, we should knock ourselves when it comes to things like antimicrobials and other medicines. We've done a really good job in the UK, which has been pretty much profession led and uh, working with the likes of rumor uh, over the last few years. And we don't always shout about it as loudly as we maybe should about what we have actually achieved together. But also then being able to talk about those things from a sustainability angle, not just antimicrobials, antiparasitics, but, but all sorts of medicine use. We can talk about those on the farm and talk about how those can impact sustainability. Another one of mine that I'm really interested in is around breeding and genetics. We can breed more efficient animals. We can breed animals with a lower carbon footprint, with higher food conversion efficiencies and so on and so on. Again, as you said, Kat, it's one of those areas that maybe as vets, we put a barrier up ourselves about because we think, oh, well, the the semen salesman's going to know more about this than me. But actually, when you take a step back and look at the big farm picture, that's all part of it. In any, in you know, whether it's cattle, sheep, beef, dairy, there's a massive amount we can do in those sort of areas. And again, as vets, we should be leading that discussion.
2: Yeah, to, David's just reminded me of something else that I found really beneficial, actually, was You've spoken about really promoting the work that we do as an industry already. One of the early modules looks at you know what why vets basically, why do vets need to, to be concerned about sustainability? And it puts into context particularly things like how trusted we are as a profession and how perhaps we're much more in the public eye than we perceive day to day. The skill sets that we have that actually, as soon as we we shout about those skill sets the wider public suddenly realise how well equipped we are to be at the coalface of all the sustainability work and I think we teach a lot of vet students at Synergy and and so you have these conversations with them and all of a sudden you feel far more I don't know the word would be almost proud I think of the work that we do as vets and far more willing to have conversations with members of the public and say actually these are all things we are doing already and Again, as you go through the course, you realise how much of our day jobs already tick so many boxes and so much more confident to talk to the public about the work that we're doing. And I think that leads to obviously a lot of benefits for the industry as a whole down the line.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really nice as the industry and also with our relationship with the farmers. It's a win-win all round.
1: Yeah, I agree, Karen. and I think where we're going with that is we talk a lot about social license, don't we, and the fact that we are a hugely trusted profession. We mustn't forget that because we don't ever want to lose that social life. But one of my other uh, sort of soapboxes is about being advocates, and I think because we're trusted, we've got a very powerful position to play. If you think about it, there's very few people or professions that sit in that space between human health, animal health and environmental health. And we're in that place. We're trusted. We work in the local community largely. So what we do in our own practices, we can lead in our communities and demonstrate by the way that we behave as individuals, as businesses, but as advocates. And if you think about the carbon footprint of the animals under our care, Clearly, we don't have direct impact on that carbon footprint, but we've got influence. If we were to improve the carbon footprint of all the animals under our care, Tom's uh, you know, saying he's got an interest in beef. If you take a beef vet and look at all the carbon being produced by those beef animals under one vet's sort of care, if we can change that by only 1.5%, we make a massive difference as advocates. And And I think that the course certainly gave me the confidence to be out there much more, Advocating for better practice or improved practice, and not saying the farmers start here, you know, start doing this. So, you're already on this journey,
2: guys. Let's help you do more on that journey towards
1: helping climate change.
2: Again, uh, one of the most rewarding, one of the very first modules, as David said, about setting the context for the more um, practical and clinical applications, one of the early modules talked about sustainability being a journey not a destination and again it helps put so much of what we do and particularly I think what farmers do they're already on that scale somewhere and it's very easy I think to look at a particular practice or a particular aspect of livestock production and say well that's that's not sustainable that's it's not a binary thing it's very easy to again hit ourselves over the head and say this thing's unsustainable but in reality there will always be aspects of every farm and every production system and every type of vet practice that are already on that journey. And it's just pushing people in that direction, identifying those aspects that are holding the journey back. And okay, you have to change those bits, but everyone is heading in that right direction slowly. It's a case of helping people to speed up and find new ways that, uh, that you can keep heading that way.
0: No, oh, I think that's really nice. And remembering that it's we're not in a you know rush we do need to do those deep dives whether it's the, the course taking a bit longer you know it's all about that journey as we get there and actually all farms sustainability will look different which is a part of the job that I massively love particularly in this country you know you can be on a really intensive dairy in the morning or once a day in the afternoon you know go to an organic car for in the afternoon again so we do cover so many systems so that's really nice. The only thing I wanted to add really was that
3: Actually, the course doesn't necessarily advocate for one particular solution because every farm, like you said, cat is different, and sustainability on one farm looks completely different to somewhere else. So, the course isn't saying everybody needs to go down the regen agro. Uh, making more efficiencies, becoming more efficient, is sustainable in itself. So, the course just gives you the tools to and the knowledge to understand all the different
0: systems and how we can make improvements in each of those. I think that's great I think as vets we often like the easy answer but unfortunately that isn't the case when it comes to sustainability it is a a complex and complicated system but I think it this really shows that the empowering enabling and inspiring vets to have those conversations whether it is to general public whether it is to fellow vets or to farmers is, is really going so how do we go about coming up the next course? Well, at the moment, uh,
3: BCVA are uh, kindly supporting. We're working together and we have a discount code available. So all BCVA members will get a 10% discount off the course fees. You can either go online and purchase the course directly on there using the BCVA discount code at the checkout, or you can get in touch with me directly and I can invoice on a practice by practice basis.
0: Great, so go and have a look around the website for many reasons, whether it's to look through the case studies, to look at some of the other links there or to sign on to the course. Uh, That was really helpful and thank you everyone for spending time to discuss what Vet Sustain does and a bit more on the the course and Vets Alice as well. So thank you. And not to forget to thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has motivated you to think about the wider set of skills we have as farm vets and also how we can go about using them improve the sustainability of the environment but also as the industry as a whole both vets and farmers of course. As ever if you want to look into this more take a look at the vet sustain website as we said earlier in the podcast but don't forget the BCVA website as well as we have our own sustainability policy if you want to take a look. As always we'd like to keep this conversation going so why not drop us a note on any of our social media platforms or just an email would be great. Thank you, bye.